universe is sometimes going to test you and push you and say, hey, that's not quite right for you. I get that's what you want and what you think you want, but I can feel that's not what you want. You may be praying and hoping and calling for this love that you want, but if you're not working on yourself, the universe is going to bring you lessons first. You're going to have to work through the lessons first. But once you learn those lessons, then it's going to bring you the individual that you've been calling for. But it's going to turn you into the person that the other person's been calling for as well. You guys realize your power. I've been canceling out goodness in my life and lived in a neutral state for so long because I didn't want to accept the reality of what is. We are powerful beings, and this isn't just me. there's emotion there's feeling behind it and that's that's where the connection comes it's it's a connection of Just mind body heart and soul what is up my loves welcome back to another episode of just press foreplay i am so happy you are all here last week was super heavy super revealing lots of information that kind of feels like what do we do with this where do we go from here what is next Um, And in a world that feels so controlled and so manipulated at every turn, how do you decipher what's real? Where can I find the truth? What is even the truth? How do we function in a state of constantly questioning our surroundings when nothing feels right and nothing feels in sync? How do I drop the constant stress of life so that I can just live for right now? And what is in front of me in this very moment? What type of energy am I allowing myself to admit? What state am I in? Like, what is my mental state right now? Am I only absorbing all of the energies that are around me? What does that even mean? You know, like all of this kind of feels a little too much, but at the same time, I wanted to bring you an episode that makes you realize that all of the power is within you. You have everything that you need for right now, and right now is all that matters. And as long as you are paying attention and you are aware of what your body is telling you and what your mind is trying to tell you, then everything's going to be okay. The universe is always going to have your back because you come from source, and that's the whole point of life. Yes, we have these hard things that come in and throw us off, and we have these difficult situations that make us feel like our world is falling apart, and we don't know where to go from here. But when you remove yourself from reacting and realize that you're here to observe, you're here to learn something, and once you grasp that lesson, then you're able to take it and then give it back out into the world as something that you're emitting positively. So... It kind of reminds me of Organite in a way. And we have Patrick here this week because I love your perspective on just always trying to better yourself 1% every single day. And sometimes you get down on yourself about it, but you know that's also a part of life. Getting down on yourself, realizing that you're better than that and you can still push forward even if you're having a bad day. And it completely reminds me of Organite because I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Do you actually want to describe what Organite is? I would love to. I actually looked into the science of this. First off, what's up, everybody? How are we doing today? Organite is a fascinating thing because it focuses on frequencies and, and ions and actually redistributing negative ions into positive ions. So if you take organic and inorganic material and you layer it and then cast it in a resin mold or find some way to keep it in that shape, 
it will pull all of the negative ions that are in the atmosphere and transmute it to pot to positive ones like not just not just like in your head but actual charged like electromagnetic protons that carry a positive or negative charge it will switch it and it will change your entire atmosphere yep and some of these Literally. have quartz crystals in them some of them have different types of stones for different type of healing powers and some of them Amethyst, are wrapped in copper wires smoky quartz um copper is a great conducive material it carries electricity so that's going to help amplify anything that you put in there um gold is really conductive so a lot of people put gold flakes in there because that will increase the energy output for it as well mm -hmm. but yeah when you understand the science behind that then relate it to you as yourself as a human being you have the power to transmute energy all day you don't need to be absorbing everything that's around you you have the power to take it observe it and then turn it into what you want to turn it into so that's exactly. what this episode's about. We want to talk to you about manifesting. We want to talk to you about your mindset. We want to talk to you about what words are coming out of your mouth that are dictating to you the direction that your life's going to go and how you can alter those words to instead dictate to your life where it is you're going to go. And input as well, too, hearing the words that you hear. So people who have the news on all the time are constantly hearing these things repeated in their head, in their head, in their head. You start to believe it after a while. There's a reason why people tell you to turn off the news because those thoughts, that energy becomes your thoughts and you just, you can't have that. You got to learn how to absorb it. Take it for what it is. Take a step back. Remove yourself as, as the person interacting with the moment and see yourself almost from a third person perspective of like, okay, what could be re real here? What is not real here? What are they trying to tell me? And what do I feel is actually right for me? And then taking that time to actually go inside your mind and take time to meditate and be like, oh, these were the words they were using. This is how it made me feel. I don't want to use those words anymore. Yep. What so words will I replace it with? What exactly. is, you know, like sometimes you can get information and you don't have to take it for exactly what it is. You can have your own interpretation of it. That is similar to what the person was saying, but worded in a way that makes more sense to you. And it's almost like a game of telephone, but playing it in a more positive way. Instead of yes. just assuming what someone said, taking it as, okay, I get that, but it makes more sense to me in this way. And that's how conversation unifies us, because then we develop perspectives that are just, oh, I never thought about it that way, slightly altering it has opened another canal in your brain that's like, oh, actually that is a possibility. I do see how that could work. Exactly. And then that in turn opens up your universe to all of these other things that you didn't know were possible because your mind was shut off to it before. Exactly. You start thinking of instead of what can I do, how far can you start thinking of how far can I go? What are what are the possibilities? Like it's it's no longer a limitation. It removes all of that from you and allows you to expand to things that you can't even imagine yet. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that's and the beautiful they, part of life. Like things are only impossible until they're done. Exactly. The best example that everybody knows of is the four minute mile. It was believed to be physically impossible to run under a four minute mile. One person did it. One person in the next like two years, they had over a hundred people do it. It's like that. It's a mental thing. As soon as you yeah. think you can do it, you can do it. Was that Einstein? No, it wasn't Einstein. Ben, ben Franklin. Whether you think you can do it or you can't, you're right. Exactly. Exactly. The limits that we put on ourselves are literally the limits we 
put on ourselves. Exactly. But then also like paying attention to, to the words that we use and the connotations they have and the roots that they have. Because we, we heard about this recently and that's why we've stopped saying good morning to each other. Yeah. Add a you into morning. You're now at a grave site. You're now mourning the loss of someone. What? No, don't mourn a good day. Have a yeah, good you're rising. Almost, Have you're a almost great dubbing awakening. your day over right at the beginning just by speaking that. It's a sad day from from the get go, and we've you know I as soon as we learned that I tried to implement it as well, and I I still catch myself saying it to the dogs. Yeah. Out of habit. But it's like, I'm really focusing. I'm like, oh, sup. Let's have a happy day today. What's going on, but, you guys? Happy rising, exciting, happy sunshine. How exciting is the term happy rising and happy awakening? Oh, it's so much better. Like, it's it so just much makes you feel so giddy just saying it. Like, happy awakening. What? It just sounds exciting. Life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're like, oh, I am awake. I want to go play. I want to go adventure. I want to move my body. I want to eat good foods. I want to taste. I want to feel. I want to touch. I want to play. Yeah, I want to feel the excitement of life around me. But one of the most important things that people forget when trying to adjust their mindset to doing these things is they forget, for one, their input, not only audibly, but what you're eating, what you're consuming, all of your input that way. So it's really important when you're going into making these shifts into your life that you start with the core of things, which is being healthy. So don't base your diet on processed foods because all of those processed foods are going to be things that are clogging your pineal gland. Clogging your pineal gland blocks your third eye. It calcifies your third eye. And if you research any of that, your third eye is your connection to your soul. It's your mind's connection to spirit and to source. Mm -hmm. So as soon as you're putting blockages in place, you're almost clouding your vision of what life is supposed to be. So you have to stay from away from processed foods. You have to make sure that you're drinking water that's good for you. Good, healthy spring water because it's full no of... No fluoride. Yes, stay Cut away. fluoride out of your life. It is a pesticide. It is killing you. Stop ingesting it. Switch your fucking toothpaste. The number one thing that fluoride does is calcifies your pineal gland. That is the number one thing that fluoride does. And we're not told this, but it literally pulls oh. you away from yourself. And now, what's the number one thing you can sell on baby food? I know. It's disgusting. They tell you it's for uh. your teeth, but it's not. Um, mm-hmm. So one really amazing thing you can do to decalcify your pineal gland the quickest is to drink Tulsi tea. Tulsi is also called holy basil, and it's said to have come from the leaves of Jerusalem, which is the Holy Lands. And this, they say it has a lot of healing properties to it. Um, If you drink it before bed, you're supposed to have very lucid dreams, which I think is really fucking cool. But the best benefit is that it decalcifies your pineal gland. And I think that's why you get closer and closer to lucid dreaming, because it's making your pineal gland clear so you can see clearly through your third eye. I think I'm going to start playing around with that. I, I didn't know that about the Tulsi tea. Uh, yeah. I have a, we have a ton of it yes. at the apartment. Um, so I, I think I'm going to start drinking that before bed at night, especially with how fucked up my throat's been. And Tulsi tea can taste really nasty if you overburn it. So make sure your water is not too hot. I used to work at a tea house. That's why I'm telling you this, but, but for me, <laughs> I should know and better. Keep it, keep it for like, what'd you say? I should know better. (laughs) Keep it for like five minutes and and it'll be perfect. Um, Work this into your routine. And I promise you, you're going to start getting a lot more mental clarity. Um, But that aside, meditation. 
I, 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 I wanted to touch, I do want to go into meditation. I want to pause real quick and also um, mention frequencies. Yes. Your TV is tuned to 440 hertz, which is, which is eight hertz too much and, and like nine hertz too little. So turn your TV off, turn your phone off as much as you can, keep it away from you. If you play a musical instrument, especially guitar, Tune your instruments to the proper frequency. I did this yesterday, and I started to notice a little difference. Um, but I, I, it was in 440 hertz when I when I was playing it, and I got. There's another tuner that I have that's not built in that allows me to adjust to the frequency that I tune to. So I turned it down to 432 hertz, retuned my guitar, and it was a whole like flat, like a whole half step down from 440 hertz. It was kind of trippy to hear. Wow. That our, our music has been programmed. The Vatican did this way back in the day. And again, it happened in the 1950s. The FCC was like, nope, everything, radio waves, TV waves, music, 440 hertz. Mm-hmm. And it's not a natural frequency. And that kind of takes us back to Organite and how retransmitting that energy. If you put Organite around your computers, it retransmits, reharmonizes the energy that's around you. It makes and it, it sounds crazy, but like we are frequency. When you play those notes, it sends a rhythm through your ear canals that you can feel is literally harmonious and you can feel it in your soul reset you. Well, on top of that, that's that's the spiritual side of it, but the physical side of it, the, the physics of it, you can measure it. You can see it. You can use different tools to, because the eye only sees 1%. The ears hear like less than half percent of what's going on. Your nose hardly smells anything around you. There's a lot happening in this world around right in front of our faces that we can't see. Yeah. We just haven't been taught how to see it. Right. Or you're looking at the wrong things like the coronavirus. Yeah, I can't see it, but I'm scared of it. But you won't believe in frequencies. You won't believe that the ions in the atmosphere can be changed by natural things around you. But you're afraid of a virus. You're afraid of something you can't you can't see. You believe in something you can't see. Most people believe in God. I know you've never seen God. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen God. I've heard of people thinking they see God, but, but it, it's, but it's something that people have felt. Yes. And it's Frequencies there. You feel a hundred percent. If the good song comes on and it moves you, your soul's happy. If there's static on the radio in the middle of your favorite song, you're grumpy. Like pay attention to those small things because those are things that your body's like, Hey, something's off here. Whether you see it or not, something's off here. I'm not in tune. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's where meditation comes in. When you meditate regularly, holy fuck. The last week I have been doing this meditation every morning and I'll post it on the Pinterest board so that you guys can do it too. And it's called, um, it's like a quantum jump meditation, which sounds a little extreme, but honestly, she's very gentle with it. And she just walks you through laying in your bed, visualizing a window in front of you, white lights coming through the window and shining on your body, you are removing yourself from your body. So your spirit is going through the window. And then she's just basically talking you through that you have a spectrum of who you are. So when you walk through this window, visualize all the aspects of things that you want to be, all the versions of your higher self. And she's saying, explore through these, sit in it. What does this feel like? What is my higher self in this, in this form? If you don't like that version, what is the next one on the spectrum that you can play with? And then take the bits that you like and take it back with you 
when you're done with your meditation. And by doing that, your mind has connected to what it is you want to see for yourself. And then it brings it back to your physical form. Exactly. From a, from a scientific and physical perspective, you're, you're rewiring your brain. You are causing neurons to fire in your brain that probably haven't fired in a long time. If ever, it's going to be hard at first, if you haven't practiced and you haven't done it a lot, but what's going to happen is you're going to build these neural networks of visualization, of meditating, of clearing your mind, of who you want to be, of what you want to be, the virtues you want to express, the characteristics you want to show. And it's going to start to come to fruition. You're going to start literally manifesting it. And mm-hmm. you can cut this part out, but I, I literally manifested you having bigger tits. No, you did. <laughs> it's 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 been a year and I have constantly thought about Susie's tits are going to grow. Susie's tits are going to get bigger. I've thought about getting you pregnant just so your tits get bigger. I've thought about just naturally your boobs are getting bigger and they have, and they've stayed that way. They got big before your last period and have stayed big. Yeah. I don't, that, that was something that I, I, I can't explain, but it's comical and I don't mind it. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> but it also goes to show you, like, it's not something that's instant. Like that's been something in your subconscious for who knows Two, how long three, we've been together four, for what, five, six, six seven years. Yeah, <laughs> like, like All of these things people say like, oh, it doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. But you're giving up too soon. When I was doing this meditation the first day, it was hard. It was hard for me to visualize for one, seeing a window in front of me, for two, seeing white light coming through it. And then for three, having my mind separate from my body to walk through it where my physical body wasn't trying to think about the motions as well now that I've done it for four days straight maybe five days straight this morning when I did it I literally just locked right in I couldn't tell you the process because I don't remember because as soon as I laid down to get into meditation and tell my body okay we're doing this again it's day four my body knew jumped right in jumped right in and what happened after that? Everything. I don't know because I was actually in. That's exciting. That's yeah. super exciting. I, I'm going to start doing that meditation. I've been on the Headspace game and the heads look, the Headspace is phenomenal for training you, for developing focus, for practicing. Go on YouTube, find these actual med- guided meditations where people are teaching you to visualize. And well, I, I, I feel like, like the Headspace- app that you use is a great bridge. So if you, yes. if you're someone who has insomnia, you can't sleep, meditation is too much, it's a good bridge because it teaches you the breath work. It teaches you that you're going to be getting mental clarity. It teaches you that it's okay to have thoughts running around, let the loops close, but don't play in the thoughts. Exactly. The thoughts be there, let them whirlwind, let them come to their own conclusions because that's your mind putting closure to all of these loops. But the moment you grab onto the thought and you try and dictate where it needs to go is where you're off. So you meditation is teaching you to not be so controlling and instead let your mind do the work for you. You focus on breathing. It goes back to what you're talking about at the beginning with observing and not absorbing. Absorbing. Yes. You, you want to be there and you want to let these thoughts float around you like they're little demons or demons, basically little, little entities, but they're, they're not attached to you. They're not, they're not yours yet. They don't, they don't belong to you. They're, they're just, it's, it's like the things you can't see. It's those ions that are in the atmosphere. They're there. Mm-hmm. They, they want you to be open to it, but you have to dictate to yourself, okay, what, 
what is actually serving me and what is just a little demon trying to fuck with me right now? Yeah. Yeah. What can I let go of? What do I want to keep? You know, exactly. All of these things are such important things to ask yourself because I, I have a lot of friends who get, you know, friends and family who get caught and myself who get caught in those negative thought patterns. But since I've been doing meditation, it just helps me let go of it. It, it, it's like a practice place for you to separate yourself from the emotion that's going on around you. I've, I've noticed it a lot because I just hung out with my best friend and he's going through a lot, a lot right now. His little sister just died. So he's, he's an emotional wreck and I, and I get it. So it's been nice for me to have spent this year learning how to be able to put my own problems aside and sit there and just hold space for him, mm-hmm. whether he recognizes it or realizes it or not. It's still something that I'm, I'm able to do for him because I've taken the time to allow myself to, to not get absorbed absorbed by all those emotions and not react to them. Yeah, yeah. Because emotional reactions are getting you guys nowhere. It's getting none of us anywhere. It it's literally in trouble. just a, a byproduct of all of the conditioning and the manipulation that's been put on our minds and our inability to know what to do with it. Exactly. It's a huge ego driver. Mm-hmm. Huge. And if you run emotions and your ego run you, you... <laughs> control it learn to it's not don't don't get rid of it don't abolish it don't but learn to live with it learn learn to have those demons sit on your shoulder and be like and and there's a right time and a right place for it you can't just let them go all willy-nilly well and understand them because we all have demons from our past but exactly when you're denying understanding the reason that it happened or what you can do with the situation or how you can transmute it into something that can be beneficial to other people. I just I want to I want to go back to the health part at some point because I think I think both of us have a lot of good advice on the physical things of what you can do to take care of your body as more like actionable things. Well, yeah, I mean that's what this episode's about because yeah. I want to give people tools so that way it's not like here we told you that the government's full of propaganda, dark psychology, but like where do I go? What do I right. do? How do I? fix myself without needing someone to worship so that way they're fixing me because even with like I'm not dissing therapy but the mindset around it that some people have is like their therapist is their savior and that's wrong just like God is not your savior you need to be your own savior because you are from source so if you're worshiping someone else you're removing yourself from understanding where you are. And that's the whole point of life. We are all gods within ourselves, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And and a lot of Christians confuse us. I think there's a lot of misinterpretation in the Bible and a lot of chunks of the Bible missing. Because mm-hmm. um, it was the King James Version. Britain, we all know. Come on. English have been ruining this world. With oh, their language. Yeah. So it's like, what's actually in there? Because Jesus... Jesus, if you go and read the Bible, he was here to teach you that you are the same as him. That's why he had the 12 disciples. He said, I'm going to show you what you can do, and you are going to go out and do it and show other people they can do. It's like the movie. The problem was, though, that people weren't ready for that type of mindset. They took it as, look at you. Look what you're doing. I want to worship you. You're going to save me. Rather than I want to learn how to do what you're doing. Right. Don't want and, to put and in the work point, and why. Exactly. 
Everyone wants everybody else to say it's the same thing with all the liberals and wanting their handouts from the government. Oh, save me. Oh, you know what's best for me. No. Stand up for yourself. Listen to your body. Well, and that's where the the big issue comes in, too, is because a lot of people are debating over it. Well, don't you want health care and don't you want blah, blah, blah? If you only understood that these systems are put here so that you have a crutch so that you don't do better by yourself. Exactly. And that's where the dark psychology is. It's not that we don't want people to have programs to help them. It's that a lot of these programs are more hindering you than helping you. We want programs that are actually going to help you and heal you. And that's why that's why so many natural doctors are cut off and shut down because they actually understand that. Don't go to your pharmacologist. Don't go to your to your big doctors. They well, are and a paid. true doctor expects action from you. No one's going to just give you a pill and be like, okay, let me know if this works. And if they're doing that, then that's worship type mentality. You're exactly. depending on something outside of yourself to make it all better. And that's where the dark psychology makes it off. And then where you if find you have a doctor, hmm? like the chiropractor that we found, this is the other side of the story. Yes. Phenomenal. I don't know where my buddy Tony found this guy, Mark, Doc, I don't even remember his name, but I, I only saw him twice. His, his whole goal, I came in there and said, hey, here's my problem. Here's what's going on. He pushed and pulled my body a little bit. He massaged. He gave me the, the FOMO that vibrated. And then he did some small adjustments. Mm-hmm. And he said, cool, come back in a month. Let's see how you are. And hopefully I never have to but ever see it? you again. Yes. And he opened with that. He said, my goal as a chiropractor is to not have you come in constantly. Because if you're constantly in here, I'm not doing my job. I haven't taught you how to fix yourself. I haven't taught you how to listen to your body, feel your body and notice when these things are off and how to stretch it back into place. Because that's why we have a mind and our mind attached to our nervous system. Exactly. He gave, me, he gave me a whole page of stretches to do. And I do them. I, 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 I should get better. There's a few I don't like to do, so I don't do them. But the runner stretch I do twice a day, because that's the, honestly, that's the one that's most important. And I'll, I'll notice if my back's kind of off, it will pop back into place when I do that stretch. Yeah, I'll feel it. It goes pop up. And I'm like, okay, that's what I needed. I can literally readjust myself. And if that doesn't work, I'll go hang for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And that if, if you do that right, you'll pop it, you'll pop everything back where it's supposed to be and you will feel light as a feather. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the whole thing, you guys. You can heal yourself. Mm-hmm. You can do it by yourself. And if if you have questions there, you've got to go find the right people. Yeah, you guys, it's 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 super important to find people who want to teach you how to help yourself. Don't become reliant on anybody else. Self-educate, self-medicate. You know, there's there's so many natural things in this world that are good for us that we've that have been hidden from us. And it's like Go do your own research. Go look into it. Go study what plants were used in medieval times. Go study witchcraft because it's not fucking witchcraft. The Native Americans did it. It's it's nature. It's what the universe intended for us to be able to survive. There's a reason humans have been around. Like if someone's giving you a pill and saying this is going to help with your migraines, but you have diarrhea for four days. Do you think your body's telling you that that's something that's good for you? No. And half of them are just pseudo fucking pills anyways. We all know all the science with people giving placebos and the placebo effect. I have horrible migraines. And my grandpa said, how much water are you drinking? Don't chug water, sip water. Sip water constantly throughout the day because then it's not just shooting straight through you. Are you getting enough sleep? Are you meditating? As soon as I did all of these there's a lot of debate on. I'm I I just so I want to stop you with that one because there's a lot of debate on it. Because if you look at at old civilizations, we didn't always necessarily have water on hand like that. Right. So you would have to drink a bunch for the day to get you through. 
So, and, and it also comes again, listening to your body. What is your body adapted to? Are you a camel or are you someone who needs to sip water frequently? And you're, yep. everybody's going to be different. Yep. You have to learn your body for you. Like me, I can chug a bunch of water in the day and that's my body's going to be like, cool, this is my water for the day. I don't need any till this afternoon. I'm going to be good. Yeah. I had to build up to that. When I first started drinking water like that, I was peeing constantly, but my body's like, oh, we're going to hold on to this. This is meant to be stored for later. Your body will adapt with you, but you got to learn about it. Yeah. It's like a symbiotic relationship. The more you're learning what your body does, the more your body's going to learn what your routines are. And you guys are going to coexist together like you're supposed to. Your mind, body, and soul are going to become unified and you're going to be so much happier. That's Everything in life is going to be better for you. Yeah. So um, treat, treat your mind better. Like that's one of the most important things that I have to emphasize in this episode is treat your mind better because I'm, I'm, it, it makes me sad how many people just let their mind be controlled for them and 100%. let people tell them their perspectives are off or the doctor doesn't say that. So that can't be true, but my body is reacting this way. So it is true for me. Ridiculous. I want to, I want to say two things here. Um, first off, you're worried about mind control, smoke a bunch of fucking weed. It has been scientifically proven that you are less susceptible to manipulation and mind control through any medium when you smoke weed. There's a reason it's a schedule one drug. They do not want you to be a free thinker. They don't want you to learn how to think for yourself. They don't want you knowing these things. They want you re completely reliant on them. And it goes back to that. Um, I, in, it doesn't in, mean do it in extremes. Don't smoke like no. 500 blunts and be like, yay, now I'm mentally clear. No, everything in moderation, you know? Yeah, take a hit off the bong at night before you go to bed or maybe smoke a bowl with a friend here and there. It doesn't have to be consistently. Like I, I'm a stoner. I like to smoke weed every day, but I, I do that to calm nerves and for a whole lot of other reasons. Yeah. Um, aside from just, I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. The other thing I want to talk about is is physical health and how that leads to really good, clear mental health. You have a physical body. As much as we are beings of light, we are entities of light, you're in a three-dimensional world. You have a physical body. You have to take care of it. I learned this the hard way. I've not taken care of my body for three or four years. I've done a lot of sitting. I've done a lot of couching. I've not done a lot of adventuring, and I paid the price for it this summer. My back went out, complete, well, went out for two weeks, and then I tweaked it even more because I had no ab control. I had no back strength. I hadn't been taking care of my body. And I couldn't walk for a month, you guys. I was literally laying in bed for a month. Mm -hmm. And it was miserable. It was painful. It not only put me in harm's way, but it it tore apart my relationship with my girlfriend. It destroyed everything. It, it put us in such a negative, horrible spot. And just because I wanted to be lazy, mm -hmm. it's not worth it. It's not take care of your body every single day. Even if it's, even if it's just doing 11 minutes of stretching in the morning and making sure you get 10,000 steps in a day, mm -hmm. just walking, just don't sit, don't lay around, be, find a way to be active. If you want to hang out with friends, go for a walk. If you're at home, pace around the house, stand on a balancing board, but do something. Yeah. It's not worth it. And I've, I've found for me too, because now that my back's healed, I've started doing my pushups again and pull-ups and actually like taking an hour to work out and train my body, just like we train our mind every day. And I found that I, I have more mental clarity. I'm sharper. I'm quicker witted. I have it, it. Everything just works and feels better from a physical to an emotional, to a mental level. Mm -hmm. and all In that of order. Yeah. 
And I feel like all of that started once you started to change the words and the, the things that were coming out of your mouth, because a hundred percent. Yeah. You have to think about it when your mind is constantly hearing, and we've heard it all last year, your mind's constantly hearing the words, germs, disease, be afraid, be scared. Your mind is literally growing and developing around that whole concept because that's all you're hearing. That's all you're inputting. That's all you're telling yourself to pay attention to. Um, Where if you change that and you speak and act on healthy words, the perspectives of your mind are going to start to change and grow with that instead. And this is where I want to bring in the good wolf, bad wolf. You read my mind. I just thought of that. I was like, oh, yeah. So I, I know, I know, most everybody knows this this parable, I guess you would call it. Um, I know it stems from from Native Americans, but I'm sure there are so many cultures that have this kind of epitomology. Mm-hmm. Inside, so the, the story goes that there was a Native American chief, and he he had a son who came up to him and asked him the questions. Well, how how do I become like this? Or you know, I forget the question exactly, but the chief asked him. He's like, "Well, which wolf are you feeding?" Mm-hmm. He was kind of like, well, I don't understand. He's like, well, every thought that you have, you're you're either, you're feeding one of two wolves inside of you that are constantly at battle. They're always battling. There's nothing you can stop to do that. That's part of human. Mm-hmm. There's a dark wolf or a shadow wolf, and there's a light wolf. Or, or a, a good, I don't like the terms good and bad or good and evil because it, it's they're, they're coexisting the either way. They, they, it's yin and it's yin and yang. It's it's uh-huh. it's within without. So is above as below. It's all within you. But it's, it's what are you going to focus on? Because if you feed that shadow wolf, it's going to get big and strong. It's just going to happen. If you keep giving him food and keep feeding him and keep feeding him, he's going to become the dominant wolf inside of you. And that's going to express itself in your physical reality, whether it attracts negative situations to you, if you're always angry all the time, if little things set you up and you just are trying to fight everybody all the time because of this or because of that. Well, think about it this way. Say you want to get a new car. When you have your mindset on that new car, what do you constantly see? That when you're car. Out? You see that car. So it if works the same with good street. wolf, bad wolf. When you're feeding your bad, dark, not bad, but when you're feeding the shadowy side of things, when you're out in life, you're noticing all of the shadowy sides of things. Exactly. And what does you that do to your body? colored glasses on. I think a lot of people get mad at people who have the rose colored glasses on because they don't understand that that person's language has shifted their reality to be that way. Yeah. It's not that they're wearing rose colored glasses. It's that their universe is fucking rainbow and fun and light and they see the good. Because, because that's what they, the choose word they choose every day. Exactly. Every day they're feeding it. And it makes a difference. Uh, and it's not about constantly being positive. I think that's another thing that people get confused and get annoyed with because constant positivity can be toxic as well because constant positivity you're ignoring things that you should be paying attention to and which wolf are you feeding doesn't mean ignore this pay attention to it but transmute it in a positive way you have to feed it the right food Mm -hmm. there's I was I don't know where I saw it the other day but it was it was in relationship advice and it was talking about dating and it was talking about how you're more likely to be cheated on by someone who listens to jazz than a metalhead because a metalhead a metalhead understands proper ways to express their emotions they listen to metal to feel anger to feel sadness to feel pain and rage but through that through that 
they don't have to express it themselves. They're not going around fighting people and, and cheating on people and putting themselves in, in shady situations that gets them in trouble. They, they have that outlet. Yeah. Whereas a jazz person, it's all this rose colored glasses all the time. And all of a sudden things aren't right, but they don't know how to communicate it because they don't know how to express their feelings. Yeah. Wow. Well, some they're just going off and doing things. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to sit when you're feeling emotional. Don't, oh, don't run from the emotion that you're feeling. Find a way to make peace with it. So like when we get into argument, instead of just like, well, fuck you, I'm out of here and go and distracting yourself with something, we'll go journal. We'll go to the lake. You know, it's like it's, changing I, that I, behavior. Last big fight we got, and I went for a fucking long ass drive. I, I don't know about you guys, but one of my favorite thinking spots is in the car. It's quiet. It's isolated. You're 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 moving, but you're not moving. So it, it gives you a sense of newness, freshness, flow, kind of like a river without, but still being able to like be quiet and sit with your thoughts and be like, okay, here's what happened. Why did it happen that way? How am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? And, and really sit with it. But you got to find what's right for you. Mm-hmm. You love going by the water. I love going by the water too. Weed is always very helpful for me. It helps me calm and distance myself and observe and not absorb. And you, like, it goes back to finding what's right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but don't run away from the motions. You have to find how to, how to sit in it in a way to make yourself come to terms with it. Exactly. Do not turn to alcohol. I want my... One of my friends, he, he does this, he gets emotional, and instead of sitting with his emotion, he drinks, mm-hmm. which is fine. I get it. Sometimes the pain's really hard, but he's now at a point where he can't, he will not cry consciously, so he cries in his sleep. Oh. Yeah. Unconsciously. It's because his body needs it. Exactly, because crying is healing. Yeah. But when you don't want to accept those emotions, when you're not willing to sit with it because it hurts, and it does, don't get me wrong, it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. But you have to feel it. As part yeah. of being human, if you only feel good things all the time, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. You don't know what good is if you've never, you don't know what happiness is if you've never been low, if you've never felt that pain. Like, this week has been one of the most miserable fucking weeks. I, I've never actually felt heart pain before. But it's it's an it's an empty house and it's a shitty situation and I brought it upon myself to a degree to a large degree, and and but at the same time I'm grateful because now I know what this pain feels like and I I never want to feel it again so I can be happy knowing like oh that's what that feels like cool that's, I actually I'm grateful for my life yeah I really am I do have an amazing life I have everything that I need and way beyond that so it's like but it but it took me changing my perspective, changing my mind and changing my language. Yeah. To, to get to this point where I'm at now. Yep. So um, I want to talk to you guys about manifesting and I want to talk to you about the words that you use and how to use it to your advantage, not in a witchy way, but just in a way that's like, you know, you're manifesting every day, whether you know it or not. You guys, especially, especially coming into the age of Aquarius, um, I don't know if there's any astronomer or astrologers, I don't know which one's the right one to use for that um, out there, but there's been a lot of planetary things that have happened 
in the last two years, especially from that first solar eclipse that we all got to witness a couple years ago, that brought in a lot of love and a lot of a lot of love energy. I don't know if you guys noticed animals that day, but they were extra cuddly. Yeah. Um, all of our dogs were super lovey, and we noticed in the park too. Dogs were just being like, "Yo, what's up? Pet me, love me. I love you. What's up? What's going on?" Yeah. And and then between all the full moons and all the alignments that are happening, and us coming into the age of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius is a highly manifestational planet, mm-hmm. and 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 a way. So things, it, it's the last new decades manifesting has taken more time but we're coming into it to a day and age where it's going to happen faster and quicker and more people are raising their consciousness and aware of it and it's all just going to start catapulting to where you can manifest your reality in a month yeah you want that promotion you want that job you want that piece of land you want that you want your love life to spark you want uh abundance in your life it's going to happen so much quicker but you've got to focus on the right thing yep Absolutely. And use the right words. Yes, if because the universe, anything, the universe does have, not understand negative terminology. Nope. Um, if you're throwing out words like, um, let's see, what's a good example? So I have written down not going to versus I'm going to be surrounded by. Yeah. And so instead of saying I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to do that, all your body, all your body, your mind hears is do this, do that. You yeah. have to speak in the positive. You have to say, I am going to attract abundance instead of I'm not going to be broke. Abundance have- is on its way to me. Yes, exactly. It needs to be statements that are assertive. It's not this wishy-washy, I want a pony. I want a blah, blah, blah. No, I am getting property. I am getting property. I'm going to grow a garden. I'm going to have an abundance of friends. My friends are going to be on an abundant wavelength. I'm going to be surrounded by love. These are statements. I want you guys to hear her voice because there's passion, there's emotion, there's feeling behind it. And that's that's where the connection comes. It's it's a connection of mind, body, heart, and soul. You have to feel it with your heart. You have to because that's what creates the physical reality. Speaking that's is one thing, but if you don't believe it, if you don't feel it here, then you have nothing. And I, I learned this in the negative way the first time uh manifesting mom not coming to be able to see me when my back hurt oh my god I I was in so much pain I wanted to isolate I was depressed I didn't want to be around anybody thankfully I have an amazing fucking girlfriend who loves me and took care of me and put up with all the bullshit for that time but she got to a tipping point where where she she just wanted to be done with me and and needed a break so she called my mom so she could come down and babysit me and be a proper mother. Well, that's, where, that's where boundaries come in. I knew that you were getting to a point where you were no longer, my energy was no longer benefiting you at all. And it was to the point where I could no longer transmute anything. And I was just being absorbed in whatever it was you were in. And so oh, that's yeah. where I knew for me, like this is a boundary line for me because as like I, based off my past, like I'm, I'm, I'm a teenager who used to cut. I, I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but it was definitely something I would regularly do to cope with being stressed. And so you being in that depressive state, it's like, where's the line for me before I get back to that? And right, so it's like, exactly. I had to recognize that and call for other help because I knew that's where it was going to take me if I just allowed it to continue. And my, my warlock sitting there not thinking they're magical not thinking that you can manifest things 
I focused that night, the night before mom was supposed to come down, I focused so hard. I found out that she was coming down. You guys were going to surprise me because you knew that I would pull some shit because that's just me. I'm stuttering. I knew you and tell her no. And I knew that she would listen to you. Yep. Very much so. So I, I focused all my energy and I felt in my heart and soul, something was going to go wrong with the engine on the ferry. Those were, that was my specific thought. Something's going to happen to the engine on the ferry and they're going to be delayed at the port. It about seven o'clock, maybe six o'clock in the morning, and mom's trying to get a hold of us. Hey guys, we were gonna come down. Our car engine broke down. We have to get towed back home. So what did I say immediately? God damn it, Pat, look what you did. I didn't do that. I know how powerful you are. Like I fucking live with you. You guys realize your power. I, I've been canceling out goodness in my life and lived in a neutral state for so long because I didn't want to accept the reality of what is. Mm-hmm. We are powerful beings. And this isn't just me. This is other, This is all of you. You all have this ability, but you have to feel it. It's yeah, not a and that was thing. the it's difference. She was so passionate about not having her see you in your state of being. That I focused on it so hard that, I, that I, I focused on it so hard that I fell asleep. I curbed. And yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't slept in, I hadn't been sleeping well because my back was fucked up and I slept. Yeah. And that was meditation. It was a form of meditation, not necessarily in the positive way. It wasn't benefiting you at all, but you fucking no. did it. You did it. I did it. And it, it, it was the, it was the red pill I needed to see to know that we have that ability. All of us, we have that power with it's completely possible. And then realizing that your tits got bigger too. I was like, oh, there's the positive side of it. Big tits, half boy. <laughs> it's probably easy for you to feel that too because you know what they feel like. So oh, I miss them. But yeah, it's so important to understand those fluid thoughts that are happening within you, how to grab them. And the feeling of them is your incubating process. Exactly. The more energy you can allow yourself to grow around it, the longer you meditated on it, it wasn't just a one quick thought. You literally sat there and you allowed your energy to incubate and amplify what it was you wanted to happen. It didn't happen in the way that you wanted, but it still happened. It still happened. And that's the thing, you guys, also be careful with your language and what you want because things will not happen exactly how you want them. They will happen exactly how you word them, but also you have to understand that you can't manipulate another person's will. So by you saying that you wanted the ferry engine to go out, you're affecting the will of everyone on that ferry. And that's why the universe was like, no. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. That's super spot on though. You can't affect other people's will. You don't have that option. So when people are trying to manifest love, but they're choosing a specific individual, I want this person to love me. That person is not, you're, you're basically throwing your manifestation into dead space because that person you don't have control over. You don't get to decide that. The universe is going to mock you at that point and be like, oh, oh, you want this person? Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Mm -mm. Nope. You're playing games. Nope. I mean, honestly though, so you have to, but if you change your words to, I deserve love. I deserve my soulmate to come into my life. I deserve my soulmate the feeling, is finding me. Yeah, I deserve the feeling of being desired. 
the universe is going to bring to you the person who's meant to fill that space. And not only the person who's meant to fill that space, but also the person on the other end of the phone who's yearning for that as well, because there's someone else calling out who's like, I deserve the love that you're offering. You guys just don't know it yet. I think that's how we attracted it to each other because we, when I didn't want a relationship, we never met. It wasn't until I decided that I was ready for a relationship and wanted to that that you came into my life. It was a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. But think about it. We have the same group of friends. We worked in basically a three block radius of each other for almost six years before we met. Seven, yeah. eight years before we met. A long fucking time. So it really goes to show you that that they they're out there. They're waiting for you, but they're waiting for you to use the right language. They're waiting for you to be focused on yourself and what's right for you. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for you to not impose will on other people, but recognize that this is their life, their universe, and they have to they have to attract what they want for them and only for them. Yes. And then you have to be ready to accept that not everyone's going to be right for you. And not everything you want to manifest is your life path. And the universe is sometimes going to test you and push you and say, hey, that's not quite right for you. I get that's what you want and what you think you want, but I can feel that's not what you want. Well, and also consider too, if your mindset's not in the right place, the universe is going to put obstacles in your way to prepare you to be ready for when that person comes into your life. Exactly. So you may be praying and hoping and calling for this love that you want, but if you're not working on yourself, the universe is going to bring you lessons first. You're going to have to work through the lessons first. But once you learn those lessons, then it's going to bring you the individual that you've been calling for. But it's going to turn you into the person that the other person's been calling for as well. Exactly. What it does is it it changes your mindset. I think it was Einstein that said you can't solve the same problem with the same brain. So as you evolve, as you change, as you grow, you're going to start attracting what you want. But you have to focus on the right aspect of it. Well, the most beautiful thing is, is we don't always know what we want or the things that we're speaking that we want. We are, it's almost like a limitation. We say we want this, but really it's limiting because what the universe has in store for you is so profound, but you don't have the language to understand you deserve this yet. And so life is still trying to just get you to where you understand you deserve this. And this is what I'm trying to get you to. Are you going to jump on board and play along? That's basically the last four years of our relationship because I knew it in the beginning and then I started using my head too much and everything got convoluted. But then once I learned to listen to my heart again, it was like, oh, that's right. I love her. She's the one. This is it. Like, the fuck have I been doing? I want to give you guys a quote that Jim Carrey said, because I just heard it randomly in an interview that he did in like the 90s. And he said, he said, it's mine. It's just finding its way to me. And I thought that that was so beautiful because it's like so many times we hear people say things like, you know, I'm, why does this always happen to me? I always have the worst luck. Um, Nothing ever goes my way. But when you're changing it to this mindset of like, no, what I want is mine. I deserve it. It belongs to me. It just has not found me yet. It's on its way to me. A big, a big thing to pay attention to also is the tense that you're speaking in. Because if you're speaking in the future tense, I will have that, I will have that. Maybe one day you will, but you need to speak it now. I have this, this is coming to me, this is here. 
Um, and same thing with, 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 with things that you've healed and things that you've fixed. Stop talking about in the present tense. Present tense. You're not an alcoholic. You were an alcoholic. You're not depressed. You were depressed. You went, you went through a depressive episode. Honestly, treat it like moments. Exactly. I had a moment of depression. It does not exactly. define you. It does not define you. It does not define you in one fucking bit. It's just another label that they try and get you to classify yourself with so that you're less in tune with, with yourself. Well, it's almost like it gives it a hook in your brain. This is my anxiety hook. This is my depression yep. hook. No, you had a moment of anxiety. You got through it because you're a fucking warrior. Exactly. You had a moment of depression. You got through it. You're a warrior. You're a fucking victor. Like you, you have to change your mindset around occasion. it. Exactly. You can't keep mm -hmm. sitting in it. You got to evolve and you got to recognize that it's gone. It's done. That moment is no more. Mm -hmm. Don't keep sitting in a moment that doesn't exist anymore. It's like a river. You're never going to yeah. touch foot. You're never going to touch the same water in a river ever. And I actually had, a, have... I had such a stony moment the other. I was like, but what if the water at the end gets evaporated and goes back into the snow and then remelts? Could it eventually, could you, if you knew which water droplet, could you touch the same one? But it doesn't work like that because the chemical structure of water changes every time that it changes shape from freezing to water to gas. So <laughs> I was about to go down about the hole. Is, that, is that how we start to fit in? Time does not exist. Oh, for real though. Um, but your words are always going to expose to you where your state of mind is. And I think that's really important to pay attention. I would say over the next week, maybe just the next two days, instead of trying to over exaggerate changing your words, maybe just pay attention to the words that are already in your subconscious that are coming out. Spend a couple days just observing the words that come out of your mouth, how you speak, and try and figure out exactly where your mindset is in this moment. Because then once you're exposing that to yourself, it's almost like drawing a line in the sand of like, okay, I didn't realize that I am saying things that are not assertive, that are not expressing what I want or what I deserve. Once you have that foundation, then you can start building on it. If you don't find out where your mindset's at first, what you're doing is going to be trying to build on a foundation that doesn't exist yet. So it could just all fall apart. If you're really struggling with this, um, meditating will definitely help you kind of remove yourself from situations and become more aware throughout the day. But if you really can't hear yourself or reflect on what you said in the moment, or like me, I have a terrible memory and I know the weed doesn't help. And so sometimes I'll forget what I said or how I said it or the tone that I said it with. So, and I just thought of this, but put a, put a fucking pocket recorder in your, in your pocket, turn your phone, turn a voice memo on and record yourself for 12 hours and then go back and listen to just maybe an hour chunk of it or two hour chunk or just find the parts where you're talking and hear yourself, listen to yourself, see what words are really coming out of your mouth from a, from a completely subjective point of view. Cause it's a recording. You recorded it. You said it. You can't be like, well, I think I said, I might've said no. Well, yeah, remove yourself said. from the emotion of it and just hear the words exactly yeah so so in doing this in trying to figure out how to manifest and trying to figure out making sure your words are coming out properly um it's also important to visualize because you can't just speak what you want you have to see it in your mind's eye you have to be able to visualize heart body mind soul connection all of them together working in unification and it's a practice. It's not an overnight thing. It's a constant 
moment by moment practice. And you'll notice, because I, I, I had a time span when I did meditate. I think I went on like 27 day streak in a row, which for me is huge. I've never been able to do anything for more than two weeks at a time. Um, but, that, but I noticed a huge difference then in, in everything, in my mental clarity, in my sex life, in my physical life, in my emotional life, and being able to separate. And if you, it is a muscle, if you don't use it, I, I fell off for a little bit and I'm having trouble getting back into it. I'm having trouble quickly being able to get back in that mindset because I'm not being consistent. It's not a consistent practice. Mm-hmm. Just like with guitar, if I don't pick it up for a couple of days, when I pick it back up, I'm, I'm a little fumbly. Yeah, it doesn't mean you need to do it for an hour every day. It could be five minutes every day, but five minutes every day, compound that over the year. How many hours have you spent on your mental clarity? Like that's what it's a lot more than zero minutes. It's beautiful and you deserve it. You do. The other important thing to remember with manifesting is it's not just speaking. It's not just visualizing. There's always going to be action that needs to be taken. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of this because a month ago, you and I both manifested something unintentionally, but we did. I manifested a rent lottery. We won $8,000 to pay our rent because over, we were four months behind. Over and they, like 8,200. Yeah. So we manifested that. I didn't just do words. I didn't just visualize, but I had a day where something told me, get your ass on the computer and fucking exhaust your resources exhaust your resources. I spent about six to eight hours on the computer searching through every piece of bullshit to help with rent, to help with finances. Yes, I have spam emails now that I have to filter through, but I manifested winning a rent lottery because I put the actions in. I listened when something told me, get the fuck on the computer and put the action in. If I had not put the action in, how would I have won the rent lottery? Because I didn't input my information into the lottery that was being put out. Most people didn't even know that our area was doing a rent lottery. I didn't even know. The other other part of that was was us not accepting the easy help. We were offered multiple times, do you guys need help? Do you need help? Can we give you money? Can we give you money? And over time, we're like, no. No, 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 no. We're going to get this. We're going to figure it out. Like if we're desperate, desperate, sure, we'll come to you. But until then, and I, and I think the universe seeing that and seeing how serious we were about manifesting it for ourselves and not taking an easy handout, yep. the universe was like, okay, you, you guys deserve this. You're ready for this. This is something you really want and are not, and are willing to work for it and put action forward to manifest it for yourselves. Yes. So the key parts to remember, assertive words, visualize and then the action that needs to be taken. Don't don't think that you can just do one or the other. It really is a fully encompassing act that you have to do of thinking, feeling, and doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the trifecta. Every religion talks about it. It's you have to have all three pieces of the stool to stand up. Well, and that's how everything works in life. You can't just be taking and giving nothing back. So in order for us to be able to receive we had to give. My giving was getting on the computer and putting in the work. My receiving was winning the rent lottery. But it's, you it's have very, to have that. You do. You if if you want the new job and you not want the new promotion, cool. Sit down, meditate, manifest. I'm going to get the promotion. I'm rising to the top of my of my of my arena. My boss is looking at me in a positive light. Those kinds of things. Well, maybe not. My boss is looking at me in a positive light because you can't influence direct will on other people. But I, I attract positive attention to myself. I'm a productive 
teammate at work, but then you have to go to work and be that. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta maybe spend an extra 30 minutes at the office, send out a couple memos that you wouldn't have normally sent out, work with a couple other people you don't normally work with, um, sit down to the table you wouldn't, you wouldn't normally eat with, you know, like put that action forward, but then come home and feel it and want it even more. Yes. It doesn't need to be a complicated concept. It's honestly you guys keep it simple. simple. The simpler you keep it, the happier you're going to be. You try and complicate this thing and you're going to burn out so quickly. You're going to burn out like a, like a candle sparkler that doesn't go out and you got wax all over your cake and you're going to pout. Go I easy think on the only thing that's going to stand in the way for people who are trying to manifest is if you are caught in a past mindset. So, um, Yes. I want to share another quote with you. And I think this one's from like the Rolling Stones song or something like that. It's just a very small part, but it says the past is yours, but the future is mine. And I think that that's so profound because it's, it's almost like letting the universe know, like everything that's happened in the past, I don't need to hold on to anymore. The more you're holding on to it, the more you're anchoring yourself to the past to those moments in time that no longer exist you're going to root yourself in them yeah and once you've rooted them it can be really hard to undig those roots sometimes so and your past don't is let your yourself... past for a reason you're meant to overcome and let go of that's how you learn that's how you grow mm-hmm. welcome to life as a human fellow humans <laughs> so i think it's really important during the hard situations to ask yourself for one why is this happening to me right now? And don't think of it in an emotional way. Like, oh God, why is this always happening to me? But no, it needs to be in a way of like, okay, what can I learn from this moment in time? This obstacle that's being thrown at me is obviously to make me stronger in some sort of way. So where can I find the strength within it? Um, also, not letting yourself be defeated by the challenges that are thrown at you but instead you know taking it for what it is if it if something defeated you what about it defeated you exactly what about it took you out how can you approach it next time to where it won't affect you that way or how can you grow so that you don't have to push yourself in that situation again mm-hmm. if you can get yourself to a mindset where where it no longer affects you. Don't don't go back to that. It's like a bad ex. Why don't don't go back to a toxic relationship? Well, I'm don't, glad you brought that, that up because that's another thing. I think a lot of us let other people affect our energy so much, um, and we're not realizing that the most of the time, the negative things we're absorbing from other people is them projecting on us. And the reason it sits so negative with us is for one, it's not ours; it's theirs. And for two, you're absorbing it when you shouldn't be as if it's yours, when it's theirs. Um, So in those moments of someone projecting, it's almost like you need to remove yourself from the situation and ask yourself, everything that they're saying at me, do they need to be hearing it themselves? Because if Uh, they need to be hearing the words that are coming out of their mouth, they're projecting on you. People use mirrors all the time and they don't even realize it. Yeah. So the best thing you can do is visualize a mirror in front of your face and allow those words to bounce off the mirror and back at them. Exactly. And then then have the intention of them being able to hear their own words for their own benefit. 
Mm-hmm. And don't do it in a mean way. Not like you need to be listening to the words coming out of your mouth. No, by no, no, visualizing no. that mirror, you're allowing the energy to bounce back at them. And then it gives them, it's almost like holding space. It's more you're of a allowing them way. to feel their emotion. Yeah. You're allowing them to be whatever it is they're being or express whatever they need to express because it's important. It is. But you're not taking it in. You're not and absorbing it. They're hearing it because you've no longer absorbed their words. So if you're thinking about something in a visual way where things we don't see, thoughts being thrown at you, I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off me back to you. Like Sweet if you're out of my mind in that way, they're gonna see that you're not absorbing it. And by them seeing that you're not absorbing it, subconsciously, their mind clicks with it of like, oh, I'm hearing myself. Because when you're just reacting, they don't hear the words coming out of their mouth because now they're reacting to your reaction. Well, a lot of times you're, they're going to focus more on what you say and how you respond to it and nitpick at that than hearing themselves. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to, you're going to say something. It doesn't matter what you say. They're going to find one part of that sentence and they're going to rip it apart and, and, and avoid their emotions even more. Absolutely. The best thing you can do is just be silent, nod, encourage them to continue don't necessarily ask questions unless you really need clarifying, but just like, oh, oh, wait, tell me more. Oh, then what happened? Okay, well, why do you, and if, if they are willing to listen, them, try and get them to ask, ask them like, okay, well, why are you feeling this? Like, where is, where is this stemming from? Yeah, that's one of the questions do. people don't ask is where do you think this is coming from? And it's important. Especially when you're emotional about, about a small thing that you can, you can tell it's not the root cause. You can tell there's a lot more going on there. So it's like um, you have a family member dying, you're emotional about it, but you, but you're, the rest of your life is such a mess that you're allowing that to be a distraction from you actually focusing on why you're in the situation you're in and why, why you can't afford what you want to afford or why you're maybe having trouble for like funeral services or, or whatever it is. And it's like, well, where's your language? Yeah. What are you focusing on? Yep. Um, I noticed yesterday, so like our first answer that comes out isn't always exactly what we're feeling. It's kind of just like the surface one. So yesterday I was feeling nervous because I was going to be presenting um, a story. There's actually, I'm, I'm going to do a little shout out real quick because we did this with Story Luck. They're a, a non-profit group out of Chicago that does story workshops. Um, and it's actually a really fun program. And you can join in every Monday and just watch through Twitch but they do story building skills. They have a lesson at the beginning and then they have two individuals share a story and then you get constructive criticism and you retell your story. And it just allows you to kind of see where your subconscious is grasping certain ideas from. Why are you holding on to that thought? What if you looked at it from this perspective? And it just allows you to have this full spectrum visual behind your thinking behind a certain situation so if you guys have the opportunity look up story luck because it's really really fun but anyway yesterday I was feeling stressed out a little bit because or anxious because I was going to be sharing my story and I I was asked like you know are you okay you're quiet today like what's wrong and I'm like I'm you know just I got to present this later I'm a little nervous about it and then I was like, well, maybe I'm, I don't think I'm so much nervous about it. I think I'm more 
like I stutter when I read and I pre-wrote it. So I'm more worried that my words aren't going to come out clearly. And then I thought about it some more and I'm like, well, no, that's not true either. The main reason why I'm concerned about it is because it's a story that's very vulnerable to me and I didn't want to paint my mom in a bad light. And so I was nervous that my words would be perceived wrong or I was nervous that um, I wasn't going to share it properly and you know, I didn't want the story to be misconstrued. Right, you don't the want the focus to be on on what the the actual resolution of what the actual story is about. You don't want people focusing on oh, oh, what's over there when it's like no, 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 no. come come over here, come over here. Here's yeah. here's the story. Yeah, so it's like recognize that when people are telling you something, the first thing they tell you isn't always necessarily the root of it. And even when you communicate with yourself, the first thing you tell oh, yeah. yourself isn't always the root of it. No, it's, it's, it's almost never. I mean, if you look at any salesman, any good salesman understands that the, the first reason somebody says no is never the real fucking reason. Yeah. It's always three or four layers deep. It's an onion. You got to peel that back. And sometimes it's going to bite back. Onions are not the most fun thing to peel. <laughs> so, you know, be prepared. If you're going to peel some layers back there, there's going to be some crying, but it's, it's, it's going to be worth it. You're going to get to the root of your problems. And I guarantee you when you find that root, it's going to alleviate so much more in your life than you could have ever imagined because you got to the root of it. You're not just taking out these surface weeds. If we want to go gardening on it, you're not just picking dandelions. You're going in and you're taking the root out. Yeah. Invasive fruits, like things that are going to overtake your garden. If you don't get the bulb out, those are things that are in your mind. Blackberry bushes are a perfect example. They're highly invasive here in the Pacific Northwest and when you take it out, you have to take it out, all of it. Dig up the dirt, bring out all the roots. If there's a single root, it'll grow back. And this is, and it comes up in anxiety. It comes up in depression. It comes exactly. up in these diseases because they're dis-ease in your body because you're refusing to shed light on what the true core thing is that, you, that you're avoiding. Your ego becomes so big because you use it as a shield to not deal with your shadows. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's when your life starts getting run by emotion instead of sitting back and being like, okay, that happened. Yeah. Why did that happen? How do I feel about it? Where do I want to go from here? Yes. So I want to give you a thought of, I want to give you this thought that you and I have been working into our life over the last few years. And it's the idea of making space for what is coming to you. Yep. What have you been speaking? Because your words are casting. Okay. Stop holding space for things that are in the past. Stop holding space for things that are no longer yours or don't benefit you. And instead, clear that space out so that way the things that are meant for you have room to come in. And that's what a lot of people forget. You don't have room for this stuff to come in because you're so full of holding on to everything that you don't even like. And you guys, sometimes this this starts in the physical. As as much as we talk about the emotional and the spiritual and the mental, which is a huge part of it and and is going to play a huge role in it, there there's a property to the physical that affects this too. If you have old stuff in your house that you don't use anymore, that reminds you of old stuff that keeps you in the past, get rid of it. If you have clothes that you wore in high school that remind you of a certain period that you you're not a fan of and that you don't want to represent you anymore. Get rid of those clothes. Well, and if it reminds you, have, it reminds you of a sad period of time where you weren't happy, like why do you still have it? Why have it? If you like, I know some people keep stuff from their exes, which I I never got at all. I don't have anything from my high school sweetheart 
at all. I don't, I, no, I didn't want any of it. I don't ever want to go back to her. I don't want any part of that because as much as I learned from that, it wasn't a, it wasn't overall a healthy, good relationship. Um, and even with, with old stuff of, of like, I'm trying to, I'm, I don't really have too many examples because I've, I've lost most of my stuff over the year for a reason. I didn't have to get rid of it. The universe kind of cleared space for me yeah. uh, through moving and through situations and stuff. But I, I've noticed that like, I'll go through the house. I'm like, I don't use this. Why do I have it? I don't need it. Get rid of the stuff you don't need anymore. Start, start with your physical world right in front of you because you will see it clear up. And that's going to allow you the mental space to start allowing these things to come to you and opening the mental space to allowing the things to come to you. Yep. Well, and like for me, for example, I would say a few years ago, I was borderline hoarder when it comes to things that could be repurposed or reused into some sort of yeah. arts and craft. Yeah. Am I doing anything with it? No, it's a scarcity mindset. I'm just holding on to these things because I think that I don't have enough to work with. I have we enough have to work giant- with art shelf of just random shit and now we have a whole storage area for cardboard and empty bottles and plastic and stuff we're going to use for terrain that just hangs out right but it's like it's like something in my soul is like no keep these things like keep them because if you throw it away then one day i'll need it and i'll be like oh i had it but then i threw it away and it's like just stop which is so funny because you you have been so good, and this is the, you guys. This is where it takes the time to manifest and turn from physical or from from thought to physical reality. We had to speak about this and speak about it for so long before it start. We started, and I, and I and I mean this in the sense of recognizing abundance and recognizing that the universe gives you everything that you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking to specifically here. The universe will give you everything that you need when you need it. But if you're hoarding stuff and you're holding on to this stuff, you're not allowing the universe to have that space to give you what you need because you're thinking too much about what you need and not feeling what you need. Yes. Yes. And you're holding space for stuff that's just irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. It's just clutter at this point. There, there's there's no reason for it. Like I'm excited for when we move to see all the shit that we can get rid of that we just don't use anymore because we'll know that we'll be able to get it back. Yeah. Well, and to go along with manifesting for my art stuff, like I, color pencils, pastels, everything. I'm like, give it to me. I need it all. Give me the twine. Give me the little beat. Oh, is that a, is that a jewel box? I want the jewel box. I don't know what I'm use it for, but I'll use it. Yeah, and then and then my sister got me an iPad, completely unexpectedly as a gift, and it's like most of those things now I don't even use because I have it all within my iPad. I stopped all holding space. Because those the digital art manifested the iPad coming into my life. Exactly. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time we picked. I mean, I I doodled yesterday. I'm a big fan of, of pencil and doodling and stuff. But as far as like art projects and like painting and stuff, it's been a minute since we've done any of that. Same. Yeah. I never really did. You you were you were always the let's get out paints and, and paint and stuff. And you know, there's a time and a place for it. I'll admit art supplies I won't get rid of because it's I can always use them, but I'm also not continuing to have the mindset of like, I need more art supplies. I need more art supplies. Like I don't see a color pencil and keep it anymore, you know? Right. You, when, when you have a project, an idea that you want, then we go and get the materials that we need to do that. But as far as being like, just getting stuff to get stuff without a project or plan or idea or, or a manifestation in progress. Yeah. Then we're, we're recognizing that it's, it's okay to not 
And I, and this is big for me too, because the last four years, I'm like, I need a computer. I need a camera. I need this. I need that. I need this. I need that. And now I have it all and I use it, but it's like that, that switching that mindset from needing it to not allowing yourself to being creative to now where I have it, it's actually allowed me to explore other avenues of creativity and be like, well, okay, I like doing this, but what else, what else can I do? How else can I be creative? Well, and you were almost using it in a hindering way too, because it was like, well, I can't do that because I don't have this. Because I don't have this. So I got the new iPhone 11 pro so I could have the telephoto lens. And then I had that and still wasn't good enough. And now I needed a DSLR and then I needed the right lens and then I need this. And now I'm like, and it's okay. like, where does it stop? If you're not exactly. out there actively being creative with what it is that you have, there's people who have literally just their 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 iPhone who make things that are so profoundly creative. And here you are with all of the tools. Doing nothing. If you're not out there doing it, then what's it good for? Exactly. So now, now that I have it, it has changed my perspective because now I am out creating content and stuff. But I recognize that if I don't have my camera, that's cool. I can pull out my phone and use that just as well. It's just another tool in the belt. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the DSLR. I much prefer the video quality, the picture quality, everything about it is way better. It makes a huge difference in terms of actually being able to express and create what I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. But but that again was a limitation that I had set on myself to live in this box of, of feeling like I had to create this one specific idea and image that I had in my head instead of allowing me to play with it and see where it went and where it took me. Cause that's a where you realistic mindset as opposed yeah. to a creative mindset. Exactly. Because a creative because, mindset, you can put together whatever with whatever the universe provides you with what you need. That's creative mindset. When your imagination will, will find a way to be like, all right, there you have it. There you go. Yeah. That's what you want. Here you go. Here's the version of it. And, and remember, it may not be the version that you want. Yeah. But it's probably better. It probably will turn out better. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't always visualize better. things. You can't always visualize things that you haven't seen. And if you haven't seen something that's something far greater than you could have ever imagined, how do you visualize it? Exactly. You have to just be open to the idea that it's coming, that it's that it's here for you. Mm-hmm. But really watch yourself. Are you in the materialistic mindset? Because if you're in the material materialistic mindset, nothing is ever gonna be enough. You will always need more. You're always going to want more. And that's where you were. And that's why I wasn't enough. Very much so. I said, well, but you weren't enough. I just didn't have the, I didn't have the gratitude in place to truly recognize and understand like, what I had. Material mindset gratitude is not grateful is for what's in front of them. Correct. And creative mindset will always find things to be able to harness greater gratitude. How can I make this better? How can I make this more exciting? Well, not even that, but once you have that foundation of gratitude and recognizing that you do have everything that you need right here, everything that you need is right here in front of you. Now the things that you want and the things that you want to create are just at an arm's length. They're just outside of that bubble, but you have to feel what you really want and you have to tune into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, do you, do you think that law of attraction applies in any type of like sexual realm? Absolutely. If, if, and I mean, it's, there's no way it doesn't because if, if you are someone with a kink fetish, chances are you're going to attract people that are in that community or in that, 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 that lifestyle. Whereas people who are more vanilla and don't necessarily focus on that and don't, they're, they're not, sex is not necessarily a big part of their lives 
they'll probably never find those communities that that will never be attracted to them because it's not what they're focusing on. Yeah. Like there, there are people who know what they like. They, they like bondage or they like a certain kind of play, or maybe they like being called daddy or, but they're, they're thinking about it all the time. And they're probably taking actions to manifest that, whether it's learning self ties or self bondage or having a partner that's open to letting you go explore with other people um, but yeah, absolutely. It manifests itself. And I, and I feel like people who also people who are more exploratory and curious about it and go to stores and buy toys and play with toys are naturally going to come across more things that, that are geared towards them for that. But it, but it goes back. It's a very tricky one because it goes back into not manifesting anybody else's will. Yeah. You, you have to know the experience that you want and know the feeling that you want and maybe the situation that you want, but understand that it's not necessarily going to be the people that you think it's going to be with. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. You can want to get tied up, but if the guy that you're absolutely in love with isn't into that shit. Yeah. Then, you know, there's not a lot you can do other than have an open and honest communication with him. I I can't actually, I came, this is why it's in my head because I came across it at Reddit. There was a girl uh, 22 and she said that she's absolutely in love with her boy um and and it was really sad to see because she was actually kink shaming herself oh um she's like i don't want to be i'd rather die than have this kink and lose him um because but but at the same time having that she didn't say it it wouldn't say anything so it's it's hard to make a judgment call of how but it's at the same time she's talking about how she's going and cheating on him and that's driving the relationship apart and it's like well why don't you have a communication, an actual open, honest communication with him, because in that, in that sense, you're manifesting what you want in the physical reality. Granted, it's to another person, but you're still speaking it. You're still feeling it. You're not holding it back. You're not holding on to this idea of what's right or what's proper or how you should be instead of living life and flowing. You're it's, it's, it's holding on to that materialistic mindset again. Of, Did of she beings. communicate to him at all what her kink was, or they had tried it and she didn't, and he wasn't into it? It doesn't. I think I think he wasn't really into it. Um, from the, she oh, didn't like write too much. I don't know if they even tried. I don't know if she ever. It's it was it was a short article, but it it goes to show you that when you're shaming yourself and when you're focused on these negatives, you're not going to get what you want, and especially sexually, like you have to focus on it in a positive way stop labeling yourself well you might be denying them an experience as well maybe the two of you were brought together so that way you could awaken some type of kink within him but if you don't have that conversation how does it get awoken you go through three years of hell and then find out when she left that she slept with the back door (laughs) then you come home and realize that that back door wants to suck your dick too oh i feel attacked light bulb (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, in, in a way you did open that side to me because if I had still been hanging out with my old association, I would have never been open to the idea of, of that. I, I had always been so labeled and convoluted to think that I could only, or only wanted to participate in a female, female, male. Yeah. But in reality, that's a sliding scale. I'm not, it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm not straight. I'm, I'm hetero as fuck. I love pussy. I love tits. I love fucking women. I love women. 
But if a guy wants to suck my dick and wants to have a sexual experience with me and my girl and have like a good time and have an actual experience, mm-hmm. I'm human. I get one life. Why would I not want to go and experience something? It's not set in stone. It doesn't define me. It doesn't define my life. Yeah. But it's like, what are those wake up calls? What is the universe trying to tell you? What What are you denying yourself that you could be completely open to and living your full authentic life? It's interesting too, because like with our dynamic, um, I'll just explain a little bit because like we've kind of teased it a little in the last episodes, but haven't really. Ex- so I want I want to share a little bit the backstory on this, just because I'm sure it's confusing to some people. So basically, when you and I had gotten together, we never set clear guidelines on you're mine, I'm yours. It was all very wishy-washy. It no was, boundaries. we're just going to date for the summer and see where it goes. Summer ended and we just still never set any guidelines. There was one point in time I, where... I fucked up because I never I never asked her to be my girlfriend. We were literally sitting on a beach and she goes, so it's end of summer. And I go, yep. And not, oh shit, that's right. Hey, I really like you. Will you be my girlfriend? Can can we be in a committed relationship or anything like that? It was just- Yeah, so in my mind, we were in a committed friendship and yeah, we absolutely love each other. But in my mind- I was not ever it for you. And so in my mind, um, I had, you know, side pieces in which I was like, well, why cut this off if no one is set in the precedent of like, no, you're mine. And there, there was one point in time where like one of our friends was like, she was going through a divorce. And so she was a little like melancholy and was like, don't ever get married. And you were so quick to be like, wasn't planning on it. And so for me, it was confirmation of like, okay, yeah. So we are just in a, you know, a sexually. And that, and that was my bad for not clarifying my beliefs on marriage either, because it's not that I just don't, I, and I should have explained this. And this, this is where our, our miscommunication and our, our kind of our whole relationship, how it started and how it had to evolve and stuff. But my, my thinking on marriage back then, and I still remember this is that I don't need a fucking piece of paper from the government to tell me that I fucking love someone and I want to spend my life with them. But I never communicated that with you. I never, I never said that. Yeah. So and my perception of it was like, wow, you answered that fast. Like, really fucking fast. There was um, no explanation as to my thoughts on marriage and why I reacted that quick. And it, it just set the whole precedent of, of, of not committal and, and of that kind of wishy-washy. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And we didn't celebrate anniversaries. We didn't do couple things that couples do. Right. No. So that's where our, our guidelines were. So I never cut off these side pieces. Now, that doesn't mean that the side piece didn't know about you. They very much knew about you because very, I loved you. So they would ask me like, hey, can we hang out? No, I'm with Pat. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be good. No, I don't want to come over. No, I don't. No. And so it was probably about a year, two years of constantly saying no, but then realizing like, we're not celebrating anniversaries. Like, I'm not important to you if we're not celebrating these things. So why deny myself a connection that wants to see me? And like, I know I'm not going to be in a relationship with this person either. So why, you know, why? Like, you're not setting any precedent. So what do I owe this relationship to be like, let me cut everything off for, for what 
my bad because I should have been having the conversation about it and not just making those decisions on my own. But at the same time, having that conversation would have ruined our friendship completely. Right. So it's like, when is the right time to have that conversation under what circumstances? And there is no right time for it. So it developed into. No, we, we had to go, we had to go through hell. And I, so it developed into um, basically them knowing fully about you, me sharing sexual things about you, you know, like you're the <laughs> forefront of our conversation and then them getting sexual desires for you. And then it kind of just turning into this, like, well, like I want to experience that with you guys, like, you know, and so it's just interesting how things grow and develop when you don't handle them the proper way. And when you don't communicate properly. Because from, from my side of the spectrum, where I, I was physically, I didn't do anything physically, but mentally, I would flirt with girls and make them feel like they, they had a chance to date me or be with me or, or you and know, have a romantic of- relationship. But me not expressing clearly to them or to Susie that, no, I just want to fuck you. I think you're gorgeous. You're a beautiful woman. I want to put my dick in you. But that's it. I don't want to be intimate with you. I don't want to snuggle with you after. I I want to come to my pixie. Mm -hmm. But I never expressed that. I never communicated that through, through, mostly through actions. I, I would say it through words, but my actions never backed it up. And that's where the problem came from. Yeah. So it's interesting to be in this dynamic now where it's like we have this great open communication and um, it's like understanding where we are. It doesn't bother me if you're going to be flirting with people in front of me because now the precedent is set of like, no, like I know my home life is secure. I know that our love is secure. I know that even though you know, it's like, it's, it's shifted things, but it's also what works best for us because we're sexual beings. We're, we're, we're both highly sexual beings. (laughs) 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 So it's like, why deny, deny this part? And especially when you, when you realize that it's something you can experience together, it doesn't have to be, he go does this or he goes to her or she goes to him. It's like, how many, like we can go have a hot tub party with, with one or two or three other people and have fun and, ex- and experience that and know that we're going to come home and cuddle on the couch and talk about it for the next two weeks while we make our podcast and go on our own little adventures and have fun. And like, it, why deny us those experiences? Yeah. But it, it was, it was kind of a, I, oh fuck, I had something to say that was an interesting kind of wake up call. Oh, the first time you, you presented to me, we were sitting in a car and you asked me like, would you ever let a guy suck your dick? And immediately I was like, no, yeah, no, I wouldn't be comfortable with that. Well, I had tested the waters multiple times over the course of our relationship. I didn't even notice. See if there would be opportunity for me to bring it up. And it had to happen the way that it did because eventually I thought about it. It was like two weeks that I thought about it. And I think you brought it up in the car again. And I was like, actually, as long as I don't have to kiss him and I don't have to suck dick, I, I probably would be cool with that. Especially if you're down there with him, like... I'm sorry. Having two people suck your dick at one time seems pretty fucking awesome. I well, have not experienced it yet, but and I then, think and at then this point, about I had presented it a different way. I think at this point I had brought it up as like so and so from work saw a picture of you accidentally on my phone and blah 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 or something like that. Yeah. Like I turned it more into like 
hypotheticals. In admiration for you. It changed my perspective entirely. Think, think, like hearing someone say something beautiful about your dick and just wanting it in their mouth as an alpha male, as a dominant person, that's fucking hot to me. I'm like, uh, don't fucking do that. You're gonna give me a boner. God, I, I am a very dominant person. So as far as like sexual energy goes, as long as I can be in the dominant position, I'm happy. I'm having fun. It's a sliding scale. I would say I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't even know what the word would be. It's a sliding scale. I'm not fully heterosexual, heterocurious, maybe. Well, that's the thing about sexuality. Like all these labels are silly because the spectrum of which you have people who are born with both parts. You have people who are born with, there's men who have, I actually watched a documentary on this and it was men who would get constructive surgery because they would have their, their penis would go fully inside. So they can get hard and when they're hard, it's normal. But when they're soft, rather than having just a flaccid dick there, it fully goes inside. That's bizarre. But the thing is, is it bizarre? Or have we been told it's bizarre? Because we're born on a spectrum. It is silly to think that when you're born, you're this or this. That's not the reality of it. We're told that's the reality of it. But how often? We are biological creatures. Nothing is ever perfect in DNA. Ever. You have to remove so, to say that it's this or this is wrong. There's always a spectrum. There's vaginas where the clit is extremely long. Like if you look there at the vaginas structure, where it's really hard to find the clit because it's a small little teeny tiny button. Well, in the structure and the anatomy of the human body and how it grows, it's really not too different. No, it's it's not symmetrical. It's not planned. It's it's in unison with nature, so it grows how it wants to grow. Mm-hmm. If you it's look at people's faces, they're not always symmetrical. Nature's not always symmetrical. It's okay. I mean, I've met females who are who are fully female but have male features. And it's like, so why are we so caught with these labels on sexuality? The thing is, if you're sexually attracted to someone, you're attracted to their energy. You're attracted to the the dynamic that they're bringing sexually. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of. I think that's why we're seeing a lot of people label themselves as pansexual. Because they they they're they're attracted to emotional connection. It's not based yeah. off of your physical appearances, which are great and all. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm slightly chow in the sense that I I'm pretty picky about the girls and women that I would be willing to sleep with. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I have a fucking gorgeous girlfriend. Um, but I it's it's I had a friend explain to me like don't don't lower your standards. But at the same time, like if you connect with someone on an energetic level, on a soul connection, don't let appearances hinder you and get in the way either. Well, and here's the funny thing. I've always said this about my features. I have a unique, I have unique features and you either see one or one of two sides of me. You either find me extremely attractive or you don't find me attractive at all. But I've noticed, I've noticed too, it depends on, on the words you use because there's days where I'm not attracted to you, but it's always the days where you run around, I look like a little boy, I look like a little boy. And I'm like, stop saying that. No. I do say that a lot. <laughs> you say it every time, and I'm like, no, you're a beautiful, grown ass fucking woman. Well, but when I'm, I'm not saying that my features are like a little boy, I'm saying that my personality because I'm horny all the time. I'm always bouncing all over the place. And no, you say it in regards to your looks, and I can oh. tell, I know the difference. You're it just goes to show the words you speak are literally what's coming back to you. You're casting it. If I'm out there constantly saying I'm unattractive, I'm unattractive. People are going to look at me like I'm unattractive. 
I love how I look. I like my unique features. It pulls from the cultures of that have created me and it makes me happy. Everything about your fucking face. But I, I had to learn that. I used to think I was ugly and stupid and would pinpoint things. And thankfully I met, I met my best friend, Phil, and he changed that. Yeah. He's, he sat yeah. me down. He's like, dude, you're a fucking pretty white boy. Stop being a little bitch and go out and be confident and know that you're sexy and tell yourself in the mirror every day that you're sexy. Take care of your physical body so you feel sexy. And over time, I became, I, what I came happened when I walked into Scotty Brown's. I was like, oh, look at this fucking douche. And in my mind, I'm like, cool, that means that you guys see a confident fucking alpha male who's here to fucking do work. And you want to label him because you're not going to willing to take the time to actually go and learn about who he is as a person. Well, I loved it too because when when you came in there, um, they all saw you for your first work day. But I had got I I waited on you for a couple days before you started working there, so I saw a different side of you. I saw the one the person coming in at their computer doing work and sitting by themselves and just getting their things done. Yep. Cool. You want to add anything else on that? Do you boo boo? Do it. Don't feel shamed about it. Don't shame yourself. Don't let anybody shame you. You can own it. If you want to do it, go fucking do it. Don't let anybody tell you no or that it's wrong. If it's what you want, it's what you want. And if and you know what? If worst thing comes to worst, you do it and you find out you didn't want it. Cool. Yeah. Learn something. You had a human experience. Welcome to being a human. Find something else now. Move on from it. Leave the moment in the past. It's gone. And I think that's why we've been able to build such a strong relationship and actually grow our trust because there's so many couples who would have gone through our situation and found out that you had had other partners while we were in a non-committed or committed. There's air quotes that I'm putting up there. Relationship that would be like, no, fuck you. I'm fucking done with you. You weren't loyal. But it's like taking a second to step back and realize like, wait a second, there's a whole lot more of this situation. I was supposed to learn something from it. I'm not going to throw away the best love and the best life and the, like the most fun I've ever had because I was a fucking idiot and, and didn't set boundaries. And this were the consequences of, of, all the actions that played out and I'm not taking blame and I'm not throwing blame. It's just, it's how it had to happen. It's what happened, but I'm not going to have an emotional reaction and throw everything away that we've been building for the last seven years. Yeah. I just want to clarify. I wasn't out seeking new relationships while we were together. I wasn't out seeking sexual partners while we were together. I just was not willing to get rid of the connections that I already had that of people who are close to me because you also didn't say like anything that gave me any sort of like, you know, indication that, that it would be worth it. Exactly. And I'm I'm, in a sense, I'm kind of grateful because now it's going to lead us to having a really fucking great time at a hotel with a hot tub and at least one other person. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited. It sucks that it happened. It hurts that it happened. It's painful. And I've been having to sit in that pain all week, especially this week with you gone and knowing where you're at and knowing that you're not here and like, it just, it hurts. But at the same time, it's like, cool. All right. Now I know what I have. I'm grateful. I'm, I'm never, ever going to do anything to compromise that again. Awesome. So with this episode, I hope you guys take away that what you're speaking is what you're creating into your reality and what you're, what you're allowing your thoughts to gravitate to or what you're going to be living And if you're constantly telling yourself things that are negative, things that are degrading, things that are bullying you, you're keeping yourself in a space that doesn't allow the things to come to you that are meant to come to you. Exactly. And being being really careful of the connotations of the words that you're using, because they, they may sound good and they may, you may think 
in reference to what English is today, that those are the right words to use. If you have any questions about words that you're using, especially with writing and manifesting, go look into the Latin roots. Go yeah. look at the roots of what the words mean, break it down, translate it for yourself. English is such a conglomerate of other languages that have been around the world for centuries that there's been so many misinterpretations and things that we've been told that mean something that are actually something different and things that are so similar, but they're just different enough for you to not really notice. So really go in and dig into the language that you're using and the words specifically that you're using, their meanings, their connotations, and make sure you're speaking what you really want. And forgive yourself when you mess yep. up. Forgive yourself, yourself when things didn't work out the way that you thought it was going to or the way you planned on it working out or if you hurt someone's feelings. Forgive yourself and have that vulnerable, open communication because things it, it makes space for what's meant for you it makes space for the things that aren't meant for you to leave, which is basically what I provided for you was the opportunity to decide where you need to go, knowing all of these truths. I couldn't hold on to any of it anymore and expect you to figure out where you wanted to go in life, not knowing these aspects. So it's like, it's all got to be laid out so that each individual can decide what is right, where to go from here, but the vulnerability and the open communication has to be there. It has to be there. We we would not be where we're at right now if we did not have. And granted, those those were they were emotional times. They were a little angry. They were a little rough around the edges mm -hmm. um, to go through it. But but through that, we've gained so much more peace and so much more calmness and so much more clarity that it's like you got to go. You have to go through it. You you have to feel those things and you have to really sit with yourself and figure out okay. Am I willing to forgive this? Am I willing to forgive myself? And am I willing to just remove any blame from anyone and understand that it's just circumstance and things just happen because that's the way they need to happen. That's yep. why we have thoughts come into our head at certain times and we act upon certain ones and not like intuition, gut feelings. Those things are real. Pay attention to them. Yep. And looking at the bigger picture of life as well, yeah, you're able to overcome these circumstances you can then help someone who's going through something that's similar, but you can't help them if you haven't fully closed the loop on your experience with it. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> All right. So with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Please, please, please go like and subscribe. Um, if you could do me the biggest favor in the world and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, it would really help us out. And pretty, pretty, if you please. do that... Send me a DM and I will send you some stickers. Check out the Reddit tab. I don't think I have anything new on there this week. I might add um, a video on straw man law just because it's very, very interesting. And I'd like you guys oh, to- Did you get that video I sent you on it? Yeah, I'm going to put it on the Pinterest board. So oh, go check out yeah, the Pinterest you guys board. Read. Yes, go pop over to Reddit. Um, if you guys want us, I'll have a lusty story next week. I promise we'll do questions next week. Um, Justpressforeplay.com. Go there, like, subscribe, all the fun stuff. And also, some people didn't know we had a merch shop. Did you know we had a merch shop? What? There's probably some epic fucking shit in there. Go get yes. it. So we're going to be taking boxers. some new photos so that way you guys can see them. Uh, we got new beanies that we just launched on there. We got a set of men's boxers for Valentine's Day. Got mine coming in the mail. I'm so excited. Yes. I'll take some photos so you guys can see the luscious booty in the boxers. <laughs> um, and then let's see. Anything else? 
anything else? If you guys want to hop over on YouTube also and give our little short video snippets some likes, that would be really helpful because I need presence cool. on YouTube apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. We love you guys. Love you guys so much. You guys have a beautiful day. Love Watch more. Live more. Laugh more. Cheesy love board from Walmart. <laughs> what did you just say? Cheesy bird from Walmart. Live more, laugh more, love more. <laughs> <laughs>